You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. All right, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from Mankato, Minnesota, site of Vikings training camp. For the last time, the site of Vikings training camp. Joined today, as usual, by producer Nate Vaughn and by our guest for today's show, our reporter at the Vikings Entertainment Network, Eric Smith. What's up, fellas? Good morning. Good morning, Wobby. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm getting a lot of grief on Twitter uh, from fans because we've been taking three weeks off of Wobcast, Nate. Mm. So we're, we're back to work. That's right. And we'll have Wobcast on the regular. What's forward. that saying? Like when you don't have something, you appreciate it more. What's what's the actual saying? Uh, absence At, makes a heart grow fonder. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. How can you miss me if I never go away? Yeah. What yeah. else? Uh, those are the only ones I know. Okay. So here we are. So we're think back. of it that way, Vikings. Fans. Right. We're back, and we're glad you guys are listening. We have a lot to get to in today's show, but it's going to be fast paced. We're going to get you in and out, and then you can get back to uh, the Vikings Entertainment Network content that uh, is coming to you fast and furious during. 2017 Verizon Vikings training camp. Uh, as I said at the top, guys, this is the last training camp in Mankato, and so it's emotional. Um, and we've been here for 52 straight years, which is among the longest. Well, we have. Well, we haven't. The Vikings have. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's among the longest uh, consecutive 10 years at training camp uh, on a college campus for a team. So it's pretty cool that it lasted as long as it did. Um, Eric, I know that you're relatively new to the scene, although this you've now been to multiple camps, but you're relatively new. Um, everyone knows pretty much how I feel about it because I talk about it every year. I love it here. Um, what have been your observations after you know uh, spending some time in Mankato now, um, knowing that we're going to be in Egan next year? Yeah, this is uh, camp number two for me last year and then obviously this year. And I'm in agreement with you that I love Mankato. Yeah. I like getting away from the Twin Cities and focusing on football for two, three weeks. And, you know, a lot of people complain about the dorm and the food, but it's not it's not that bad. Like, mm-hmm. it, it could definitely be a lot worse. I'm going to miss Mankato. If I had a choice, I would choose Mankato for camp. Uh, the people down here love it. Fans come flocking down. Um, it's fun to go out at night and get some dinner and see Vikings fans all the way around and yeah i'm I'm a big fan yeah me too and um tco performance center is going to be built uh less than a year from now and it's going to be complete and we're going to be there we're going to have our off-season program there probably and that's going to be great i mean that that's probably going to be super nice and convenient for lots of parts of the organization um and so that's all good but for the time being we're enjoying our our final stay in mankato and Nate, the college, the community always does a great job of hosting us. They're very hospitable. It's easy to work with everyone. And um, it, it's always a good experience when we come down here. Yeah, it's everything is always just laid out for us. And everything's easy to get to yep. uh, for us. We even have our fun, um, like our carts that we get to drive around, which is a cool thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can at least talk to some of the ops guys, make sure we have those in Egan. Right. Yeah, because if there's one thing I would want to keep from training camp, that's the same driving the carts and be the same there. Be driving around the carts. Let's not have any major incidents then. Let's not run anyone over. Okay. Okay. Knock Um, on wood. Right. So. So. um, 
We've been here since Sunday. That's also the day the rookies reported. Uh, Eric, so you were obviously on hand for that. Um, and then the rookies had a couple of days of practice before the veterans reported on Wednesday. And then we had our first full team practice on Thursday. So rookies reporting for duty on Sunday. Anything that stood out to you about that day? I have a couple. Uh, yeah, it was, it was almost an, not a weird vibe, but just it was just different because mm-hmm. we haven't done this in, in the past. Or at least I haven't done this, obviously, but Zim hasn't done this either. Where rookies come first. Right. Yeah. Um, but I really think it's going to be beneficial because I think we kind of there were only 40 players out there, mm-hmm. and the coach-to-player ratio is much more smaller. So, like, if you're a rookie coming in, and you got a question, you know, that maybe maybe you, you don't ask that question or you don't pipe up during practice when there's only, I think there are only three linebackers yeah. that showed up. So, like, Adam Zimmer could work with three linebackers for four or five hours a day, and, and they can get really hands-on instruction. I think that's going to be really beneficial. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, actually, one of my observations from it was not from a rookie reporting. It was Latavius Murray reporting because – um, he was one of the selected vets who's here early, and he's like, I've never had a, a reception like this coming to training camp, you know, because Vikings fans come and line the sidewalks um, that lead you up to the entrance of the dorm here and get autographs and pictures and high fives, and he's, you know, he thought that was cool. Um, so I thought that was pretty notable. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always fun to see the fans and the players interact in that way. Um, Nate, you had a note. Um, it's cool to see Stacy Coley practicing. Yeah, yeah. He he was at rookie minicamp when when he was first drafted, uh, and then was a little bit banged up through a lot of the OTAs, so mm-hmm. wasn't like a full participant a lot of times. Uh, but now he's on the field as much as any other player, and and it, and it's good to see him out there running routes and yeah. and returning punts and stuff like that and getting ready to go. I know that he impressed the coaches during that rookie camp, and so it was a bummer for him that he couldn't build on that during the offseason program, but now he's got a chance to pick up where he left off from rookie camp. Also, Rodney Adams, the other rookie wide receiver that we drafted, um, is out there doing his thing with the offense and then also on special teams. Eric Dalvin Cook looks good. I mean, he's looked good every step of the way. He still looks good, and so I'm excited for Saturday's practice when the pads are on to see – if he basically um, continues what we've already seen from him. Yeah, there was a practice a few days ago where he made a cutback, and it was just he ran to the right, cut back to the left, and was yeah. gone. You know, he's he, he definitely fast. He looks different. I mean, he, he his, his speed is a notch up from even other fast players, yeah. you know, and I love seeing that because we need that juice in this offense. We were missing that last year. Adrian was hurt most of the season, so we didn't have that. Yeah, watching him run, like, I'm not a running back expert, but there's something, and this is not what he's doing, but it seems like he just, like, drags his toes until there's a hole that's open, and then he's, like, right. five yards down the field already. Yeah. And I know he's not actually dragging his toes, because that's probably not what you want to do. But right. just patient. that's what it feels you're, like. You're illustrating yeah. what it looks and feels like, yeah. I think I'm doing a really good job, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. you Always. are. Thank you. You might be a running back expert, actually. <laughs> you're right. Um, so, all right, veterans report. Um, you know, familiar scene. Uh, Zim, uh, Rick, Presser. Uh, I think, actually, Zim's Presser was in Rookies Reported, but Rick had his Presser, you know, Sam. They trotted all the veterans up there. Uh, but a really newsworthy item that day was Everson's contract extension. Yeah, and... Uh, I'm I'm glad he, he's locked up for a couple more years. Yeah. Um, 
I think the thing I noted was that I think he has like 48 career sacks right now. Yeah. And he's going to be here for another, what, six years. And, you know, if he averages 10 sacks or eight sacks over the next six years, that should put him right around 100 or over yeah. 100. And that, I mean, that's a, that's a huge number. That, that's when you start talking about the Hall of Fame. I mean, I think he's a couple away from being in the top 10 in Vikings history. He is because B Rob is. And B Rob, I think, has 56 career sacks. And you know everything in B Rob. They're always yeah. competing and going back and forth. Yeah. And I know Ev wants to catch and pass. So B-Rob. this is a franchise with the Purple People Leaders, with Chris Dolman, with John Randall. And Everson's going to be in the top 10 in sacks. You know, I mean, impressive. It, he's starting to build a career where it's like, you know, he's he's going to go down as one of the better defensive linemen we've had. I mean, that that's what that's where he's going. So awesome to get him locked up. And you're right. I mean, if he can get over 100, I mean, then it's like borderline Hall of Fame discussion. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just depends on what he does. Now, that's you said that's averaging eight sacks for the next six years. I mean, that's, you know. He, a he, high bar. He's also only been a starter for three years. So yeah. I think there's still a lot of tread left on his tires. Right. So we don't want to be accused of putting Everson in the Hall of Fame. No, yet. that's no, not, not what we're all. doing. I'm just saying. I, I think they're working on his bust right now. Are actually. they really? Yeah. Okay, that's a good idea. He's definitely going to get there. So, um, But we're just saying he's become a really good player for us, and we're going to continue to see that uh, in purple. So that's good. Um, it was Sam's first, uh, first training camp here. He reported. Um, and that pink shirt. Yeah, he had I a nice that pink, pink shirt. shirt, nice new truck. Like, he was looking good, uh, signed some autographs, pressers. I mean, it was the whole thing was good. Um, his first, you know, venture down here to Mankato for training camp, even though he was with us last season. Um, by the time he joined us, we were already back at uh, Winter Park. So, um, so that was good. All right, let's talk about actual stuff on the field, the stuff we've seen at practice. Um, and then we'll, we'll circle back and talk about the quarterback situation later. I think we've all heard and talked about that enough, but we'll we'll end the show talking about Sam and Teddy. Um, but let's talk about what we've seen on the field. I thought that the first practice on Thursday, I was really impressed with two young defensive backs. Do you know who I'm talking about, and do you agree? Probably Mackenzie Alexander and Trey Wayne. Yes. I was impressed. I was also impressed. Mac had an interception on a little quick route that was thrown to Adam Thielen that he jumped and got it. And uh, Trey Waynes really closed well on a deep pass to Diggs and knocked it away. You know, you always wonder in, in that, like, would you have, re- would you rather have seen Bradford connect with Diggs on a long pass, or, or do you like that Trey broke it up? You know, because it's, it's. I like that we that we're throwing deep and that Trey broke it up. Yeah, I mean, it was a great play by Trey because Diggs got behind him and Trey, his forte is his speed, and it was on display, and he closed and knocked the pass down. Loved it. I, I was a huge fan of that. Um, Xavier looks good also, but those two young guys I thought really looked uh, really looked good. I think with Mac, you know, he obviously had that pick, and he also had a pass breakup on the on the other sideline, but he, he did also kind of get beat in one on one drill. And I think that's just kind of the life of a cornerback, and that's mm-hmm. good to see that he that he kind of got beat early, and then Bounce rebounded back. in team drill and looked pretty good. Yeah. Definitely. Um, airing it out. You said you liked that um, that there was a deep pass from Bradford to Diggs, but there was more than just one on Thursday. Yeah, I think there were four or five. I, I didn't keep track, but there were, there were a handful. Um, and Caleb Jones, uh, that wide Great receiver. Catch. Last I mean, play of practice. Yeah, he had he had two deep catches. Okay. And, yeah, he looked good. And, obviously, the one Trey batted away. And I think Sh- Pat Shermer and Sam have both kind of hinted at that a little bit, that they, are gonna, they, that, that they want to 
air it out a little more, and I think you're kind of seeing that early on. Okay, fine with me. Um, I'll, I'll give up a couple of completion percentage points to increase the yards per attempt by two or two and a half. I would do that. I mean, um, you big, know. big plays were lacking. Yeah, for lacking. sure. Yep. Um, all right, so um, we saw Rashad Hill get some run with the first-team offensive line, and it got me thinking – Obviously, we don't want to see that when the season starts. We want to see all the starters out there. But, you know, the last three years, we've dealt with injuries along the offensive line. So we need to have good backups and good reserves. Um, so Rashad Hill uh, stepped in, and I've heard some good things about him from the offseason program. And Rick even talked about how well he played in the last game of the season when he had to step in. But there's another reserve that has gotten praise from Mike Zimmer that we were talking about, Danny Isadora having uh, a good camp so far. Rookie guard out of Miami. Um, Fifth-round draft pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, it, was a, it, was, it was when the rookies were practicing mm-hmm. and they were doing some running drill. And Tony Sperano just, like, was, I mean, I don't want to say yelling at Isadora. He was encouraging Isadora because he was, like, getting good leverage and, like, had, yeah. had some good blocks. And Sperano was encouraged about that. And then I noticed in two different practices when the Vikings are on the screen that he said uh, Danny Isadora can, like, get out there and, and move. You know, yeah. like, he's pretty athletic. And, um, yeah, he, he looked good. And I think with running backs who can catch the ball, which we have in McKinnon, Murray, and Cook, that's an even more attractive trait in an offensive lineman. I mean, we really didn't run many screens with Adrian. It just wasn't something that was natural for him. But I think we will with these backs. So to have offensive linemen like that who can get out there and do that is good. And I remember when we did film breakdowns with Bursich on Reef and Remmers, those were two film studies where the themes were these linemen are athletic. You know, the Cowboys, they have athletic linemen. But the Cowboys' forte as an offensive line is their size and strength. I think Reef and Remmers, it's athleticism. And that can help us in the screen game, both in the wide receiver screen game, but but the running back screen game. So and, that's good. And Zim mentioned Isadora the other day too. Um, I don't know if you were at his presser there. He I did said, hear it. He's like, you know, I was telling someone the other day that that Isadora reminds him of someone, and Zim's like, I'm not going to mention who that that other player is, mm-hmm. which got us thinking who it was. And yeah, we think it has to be someone good, maybe maybe like an old Cowboys guard. Yep. But I mean. I, I don't think them going to give give that name up. No, we're just speculating. Yeah, um, but I mean, it was good. It, the, it was the high way praise. he was talking about it was high praise. Yeah. Um, speaking of Zim, there's going to be some talk this preseason about whether he's going to call plays on defense or not, and if he's going to give George Edwards a game to call plays, and what's going to happen in the regular season. I have one, you know, line of thinking on that, but I want you to go first. Is this going to be a talker? Do fans care about this? And what do you think about it, Eric? I think fans care about results, and George Edwards called the game against Dallas, where Zim obviously didn't coach with his eye issues, and they held Dallas to 17 points, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty good. If you keep a team to 17 points or less, you're probably you're most likely going to win. Obviously, Vikings did not win that one. Um, and I think it's not like George Edwards is going to call a, a drastically different game. I mean, he knows what Zim kind of wants, mm-hmm. and – you know, it's still the same plays. Right. You know, so I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, the fan care, I don't know, um, maybe a little bit. But I think as long as the defense is still playing well, then 
You're right that they care about the bottom line, but this is one of the topics I think fans will will care about. Like, they'll want to know: Did George Edwards call plays in that preseason game, or did Zim? And how did it go? And what are you going to do next week? You know, it's just one of those things that I think fans like. Intrigued up. Intrigued I think so. Yeah. Play calling in general, but to me, two things. One is you're right. The Dallas game, which was I think you can argue that was our best defensive game. Of the year? I think you can argue that, given the caliber of opponent that we faced. And the fact that Zim wasn't there, wasn't there. and it was right. kind of hectic, yeah. But and, and George Edwards called the plays. But Zim was there all week at practice and game planning. And, and that's as important as the play calling, is the game plan and True. the call sheet that you develop. And Zim is going to have a hand in that. So even if George is calling plays, I still think this Vikings defense is as good, if not better, than last year. Uh, even if George is calling plays, because Zim's going to be doing the game planning. I mean, you, you you can maybe foresee a scenario where Zim relinquishes the play calling, but he's not relinquishing his role in the game plan. I mean, that's no. You know, and, so, and, if, and if he's not happy with something, or if he wants to tweak something, you know, he's going to get on the yes. headset or, or just walk over to George. Also, I mean, if you, if you are like, okay, we're playing this, the Saints this week. I mean, Zim is going to install eight, ten, twelve different pressures and blitzes. So he might be on the headset and be like, hey, George, you're going to pressure here, right? You know, and George would be like, okay, yeah, we will. You know, now George gets to pick which of the eight pressures he has, you know, for that down and distance. Like, he's still calling the play even if Zim has influence. But I think the most important aspect of this as it pertains to the team is so many situations, so many games come down to situational football at the end in the final five minutes. And you got to worry about timeouts and the play clock and the game clock and um, are we going to go for it on fourth down? And and Zim knows that. And he has admitted that he wants to be better in that area. And I think if he's not calling plays, he feels like he can focus more on how much time is left. Do we use a timeout here? What's the offense going to do? What yard line do we need to get to? Um, are we going to go for it on fourth down? Like. I think he feels like he can focus more on that stuff. Yeah, I think though. I mean, I think giving up the play calling would make him a more a more well-rounded coach just in terms of game situations. And I think the one that comes to mind maybe is that Detroit game last year that at home. For sure. Yeah. You know, cuz like that was a, a late game or you know, the last 30 seconds and timeouts and all that stuff and you know, I I'm not saying he was, but you know, Zim was calling the plays on defense that that game and Maybe if he's not, he could have, uh, you know, focused there or planned ahead there, mm-hmm. you know, because I think you, you have to also be planning four or five plays ahead, you know, yeah. and then just kind of roll through scenarios. Yep. And with that being said, there's no one I'd rather have call plays on defense than Zimmer. No, not you at know? all. There's yeah. no one I'd rather have do it he, in, in yeah, the league, is, I'm saying, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I still think that you can get the same type of play calling from George Edwards because Zim will have an influence in the game plan all week. So. Um, all right, last thing, the quarterbacks. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. What's going to happen? Who's the guy? I mean, Sam's the guy in the starter. Teddy is here completing, hopefully, his rehab and trying to get back as soon as he can. Um, anything else to add to the quarterback situation? No, I mean, I think everyone wants an answer now, and there's just no answer. Right. You know, and I think you just have to kind of be patient with it, yep. even though that's tough to do for a lot of people. Um, out. I mean, I thought Sam looked pretty good yesterday in the first practice. Um, 
I mean, Teddy talked that mm-hmm. we we can talk about that. I mean, yeah. he t- he talked to the media for the first time, and um, I thought he had some good stuff to say. You know, he mentioned his mom. Yeah. You know, being inspired by his mom. But there, I don't think there's any doubt in Teddy's mind that he's going to play again. Right. You know, based on what he said, I and and even you. before he just actually said that, I I I think. It was obvious that was a mindset that he had mm-hmm. from the start. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was good just to hear from him. Yeah, like he hasn't spoken to the everybody knows he hasn't spoken to the media since the injury, almost a year ago now. So it was good to see him around. He was <clears throat> broken up about it. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was he was in a good mood. He joking around with the media and stuff. So uh, if nothing else, it's it's good to have uh, a guy like that around yeah, again for sure. So I have one question. Yeah, unless you want to talk about. Teddy, Sam. That's all I got. I'm done. So I have one question for you guys, because the next time we do this, there will have been padded practices, full pads. So um, give me someone, a Vikings player that you're excited to see in full pads, a player that you think, you know, might be just and just look like all the other players out there. But then when it comes to full pads, we'll stand out. I'm really excited to see a defensive end named Tashawn Bauer. I think he wears number 64, I He's, believe. Yeah, I've, I've yep. noticed him already. I'm yeah. really excited to see him in pads, you know, a full, you know, shoulder pads, helmet, and, and the whole thing. I think he's physically, he just looks like a mo- it's It's really reminiscent of Daniil Hunter. Like, he's already a monster, and you can just tell by looking at him that he can fill out more. And uh, he's really athletic. And obviously, we've been down this road. An LSU defensive end who's really athletic but not quite polished. Yeah. That's Daniil Hunter. So um, he had 12 and a half sacks last year. And Bauer can learn from Daniil. Yeah. You know, Daniil can be like, hey, this is how it was for me when I was trying to learn. And Yeah. So I would say Daniil Hunter or uh, uh, Tashawn Bauer in terms of guys that we haven't seen yet that I'm excited to see. Um, but I would also say I'm really excited to see Laquan um, in pads once we get going to see if all the progress that we say he's made in the offseason, if that comes to fruition in practice and in the preseason. Uh, I would say Ben Gedeon, okay. linebacker. You know, he's, he just seems like a football guy, you know. Yeah. Um, For like, sure. Like a guy who just loves football and would show up in pads. I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't shown up in shorts, but, you know, it, with not full contact and all that. He's the guy who would probably show up. Well, um, Scott Studwell loves Ben Gideon. So and Zim liked them too. So that I mean, that yeah. you can't have a stronger football guy endorsement than that. Scott Dudwell, the football. Studwell guy, likes yeah. you. Yeah. You're a football guy. But also, um, I think not one player, but all the cornerbacks in pads. Yeah. Because then they can press and, yes. and run. And, Agreed. And it's not they're not playing hand tag and all that. How about you, Nate? Hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see David Morgan. Okay. The second string tight end. Well, I'm assuming second string. Kyle right. Rudolph's going to be a tough, tough one to beat out. Ooh, but, hot take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm just excited to to see him. Um, there's there hasn't been as much talk about him, but there has been some good talk about him this off season. Uh, it seems like Pat Shermer's excited about what yeah. he can do, uh, and, and same with Coach Zimmer yeah. and and Rick Spielman. So yeah. uh, they're excited about it, and kind of like Ben 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 Gideon. Mm-hmm. The name is. Ben kind of Gideon's like Crossing. Ben Gideon. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, kind of in the same vein, He's he seems like a football guy. Yeah. So I think he might stand out a little bit when the pads start popping. As like, say. he's he's kind of nuts enough to, like, do something crazy in practice. Like, he, yeah. 
Like, you know how you see, like, someone get hit way too hard in practice, and you're like, whoa, dude, like, we're not doing that? Like, he, he might do that. Yeah, he might be that Well, guy. that's something else I wanted to bring up. So when, when Terrence Newman showed up, he's like, I want to, at media day or uh, check-in, he, he told the media, he's like, you know, I want us to be a little more mean to each other, this, this yeah. camp, and, like, let's get, let's get in some more fights. And obviously, you don't want someone, like, breaking their hand, like, on a helmet, you know, but, like, I was kind of talking with Craig Peters, and we were like, wondering if that was going to happen and just like just just mix it up a little bit you know and i'm not talking about a full team brawl or anything but you know just grab it up and show let's get angry yeah show 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 some fire and you know it's part of training camp yeah Yeah. i mean there was last year where uh i think was the first padded practice they were doing goal line and matt asiato he he was in he got in the end zone and then he got leveled by lemur and that set it off and that's just good stuff you want to see yeah you know, agreed. Lemur wasn't happy that Asiata got in, and Asiata got hit, and then he wasn't happy. And you know, I, I like the fire. Yep, so do I. All right, anything else, Nate? No, nope. good question, fun days ahead. Oh, thank you. Yeah, fun days ahead with full pads. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, fan mail is rolling in, and so we encourage you guys to keep it coming. Next Wobcast, we'll do a fan mail segment for sure, and um, we'll have Eric back uh, again during training camp at some point to give us uh, another report because he's got. Uh, his eyes and ears on everything that's happening on the field and with the press conferences. So thank you, Smitty, for joining us. You're welcome. Glad to be here. You're gonna have a sup, Smitty, uh, chat during camp Tuesday. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> resurrect it from the dead on Love Tuesday. Love it. <laughs> I, I was gonna do it a few days ago on Tuesday, but time just kind of got away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be back on Tuesday. All right. Should also um, remind folks that um, single game tickets are on sale, so you can go to uh, to Vikings.com and figure out how to buy single game tickets. I believe it's never been more affordable to get into a preseason game. You can get a preseason ticket for 30 bucks. Nice. Um, and then, of course, the regular season tickets are on sale, too. So they're going to go fast. So if you want to get to a game and you're not a season ticket member, A, consider being a season ticket member, but B, go to the website and figure out um, how to go and get a single-game ticket because they're on sale right now. All right, that's it for this edition of the Wobcast. Padded practices begin on Saturday. So the action and intensity will pick up beginning then. Until then, though, we'll have coverage of the non-padded practices and press conferences uh, as well. But, um, but training camp is rolling, and we're excited about it. Much more coverage coming to you from us here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, so make sure you stay tuned. On behalf of producer Nate Vaughn and our guest today, Eric Smith, I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, signing off for now. So, yeah, I'll start with-